Welcome to another exciting edition of the Thought Police with me, Mike Graham, and him... Um, oh, he's not here. Um, Kevin O'Sullivan is meant to be here. I had said to Kevin O'Sullivan, look, I've got a really important meeting at three o'clock, so would you mind if we started bang on 1.30? Because obviously um, there might be a bit of, thing, bit of timing in between. We can do a video, all of that would be great. So he sends back a message going, you know, I'll be there at 1.30, which kind of wasn't what I meant to say, because what I wanted to say was, well, if you fucking get there at 1.30, we won't start at 1.30, will we? Why don't you try getting there at 1.15? But it's now 10 to 2, and he's still not here anyway. I don't even know if you can see him. Pooch is looking out the window. Normally, he walks from the uh, tube station relatively slowly. But, of course, the great thing about Kev as well is that he never bothers to say why he's running. Like, he could be fucking dead for all I know. Uh, or maybe he's lost his dog in the woods again. Or, you know, maybe he's done his knee and he can't fucking walk. Who knows? But we'll never fucking know because they never tell us. But what I should tell you is that Thought Police is brought to you by Suitable Choices, of course. Uh, and that very nice man, Dave Johnson, will tell you more about that um, a little bit later on. But if you need to go and look for it, suitablechoices.co.uk uh, is the place to start. Um, there's only one story in town, really, and that's the BBC. Oh, Kevin O'Sullivan just messaged me to say he's here. So we can probably... Uh, lob him in any second um so i'll tell you what we'll do we'll stop and we'll look for him maybe i'll tell him to get me another pint of guinness yeah anyway so he's here now um and i think he should be here and he said oh here he is oh kev listen uh, thanks for joining us fuck's well, sake he's got me a beer well. he's got me a guinness um i bought him a guinness uh one, do you remember, apologize do you remember, do you remember when i said 130 I, yeah, I do dimly yeah. recall that. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, I know you're not sorry, though, are you? <laughs> sorry, because you're not always sorry. bloody late. <laughs> it's not sorry at all. The only fucking time he was actually early was when we went to the rugby yeah. on Saturday, which was good fun, has to be said. Really great um, day. Um, even though, um, and we didn't get anywhere near as drunk as we did. Although you were quite pissed, but we didn't get any. any I did trouble. get pretty pissed. Yeah, we didn't uh, have any trouble. Did you go straight home? Yeah, oh, yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I. I think I just shouted. You were trying off. to you were trying to persuade me to stop off somewhere. Yeah, you? yeah, I'm glad that you uh, didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. I knew better. Um, but yeah, and then I had to go to the cab driver because for some reason after dropping, you I mean, who, Waterloo, I mean, who drops somebody at Waterloo, right? Yeah, yeah, and drives all the way up the fucking ramp. Yeah, I was wondering about that. So Why where all the taxis are? I mean, he should have just dropped you on the main street, exactly, and then Shit. and then kept going yeah. instead of which he comes out of Waterloo yeah, station yeah, yeah, and goes yeah. back the other way towards fucking Lambeth. Yeah. And I said, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, why don't you fucking go the other way? And in the end, I had to apologise to him when we got home because I said, look, you're taking fucking, the, you've gone the wrong direction. <laughs> I'm sorry, plank. you cunt. You know, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> anyway, and there's only one story in town really, isn't there? And it's uh, our good friends at the BBC. Oh, Lineker, it's just it's, ridiculous. I mean, I don't think, I, it's not even Lineker the story anymore. It's now the BBC and how bloody useless they are, isn't it? I mean, but it's a very simple situation. I mean, you, you know, I'm sure you've made this clear at all, as well. I don't give a fuck what he thinks and I don't give a no. fuck what he says. No. Uh, you know, he's entitled to his opinions. I don't particularly agree with them, but, you know, it's a free country. Say what you like. But not if you work for the BBC. Right. Uh, he, he he's not just a n other member of the BBC. Uh, he's not Alan Sugar, and he's not uh, no longer at the BBC. Andrew Neil, who everybody he, keeps going on about. Yeah, what about Andrew Neil? Yeah, well, Andrew well yeah, he works got, for fucking Channel Four. Exactly. So Gary Lineker is one of the biggest faces of the BBC. So it's it's very simple. It's very simple. The BBC they go, oh, we're going to review our social media policy. You don't need to review it. Is Gary Lineker and his ilk, are BBC presenters allowed to express their political opinions in public 
or not. Yeah. You don't need a fucking review for that. Right. Just tell us but right also, now. What we do know now about Gary Lineker, though, is that he's still going to do exactly what he did before. Because as soon as they issued that it fucking... It was outrageous, no, that as soon tweet. As they issued, I saw the tweet as it came totally out. It was handed to me. But interestingly enough, we had to search around for it because he's blocked everyone connected to anything to do with, uh, with us, right? And then... Uh, there he is, going on about fucking migrants again. And you just think, well, hang on a minute. You know, you just said that you're going to adhere to the new, yeah. to, to the old guidelines, yeah. which you previously didn't adhere to. And no doubt he would argue, but because he can't help himself, because he's so smug, he needs to well, have I, the I last word. I it? thought it was very, very ungracious of him. Yeah. That, that, that Tim Davy, you know, embarrassingly, humiliatingly, had just completely climbed down. Right. But gave both of them the chance to sort of kick it into the long grass yeah. and down the road. By and he said, could have apologised yeah, to, the, he, to he, the punters. Well, he least. could have just said, said, Tim and I have decided, you know, for the next few months, I'll keep my, I'll hold my counsel uh, while they work out a new social media policy. That's absolutely fine by me. Let's move on. Instead, he fa- it's as if Tim Davies on the ground, lying there, almost unconscious, uh, which effectively is what he was, because he's completely been beaten by yeah, Gary yeah. Lineker. Totally. And uh, it's like he's lying there on the ground, almost unconscious, and Gary Lineker has taken the opportunity to kick him in the fucking head yeah. while he's down there. He's outmaneuvered that, was, that was rubbing which salt is, into which his... Which is interesting, because normally... that horrible tweet, normally really you, horrible. Normally you'd get Alan Shearer to do that for you, wouldn't you? Yeah. Because he's got some form of kicking people in the head. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. I couldn't believe the fact that they're now also blaming everybody else inside the BBC mm. sports department for fucking it all up, yeah. you know, when the management are the ones that fucked yeah, it all yeah, up yeah. and clearly didn't have a clue how to deal with Gary Lineker. Well, all those fuckwits. It's just going to get worse now. All those fuckwits in I should have fired him. Yeah, well, all those fuckwits. Or, or, no, I, don't, I don't even think, I, I don't like calling for people to lose their I'm jobs. Not, I'm not that's doing that. I'm, I'm not saying doing that's that. what they should have but done. But they should have said to him, very simple, Gary, this is a BBC, uh, people pay for this. Uh, and they're forced to pay for it by law. And in return for that, we have a contract with the British people that we deliver, uh, we do our very best mm. to deliver impartial and unbiased uh, programming uh, on a general basis. Mm. Uh, now, what we require you to do now is to say that you will no longer publicly declare your po- political opinions in line with traditional age-old B- BBC policy. Mm. Uh, and if you won't make that pledge, fuck off. Yeah. It's exactly as simple right. as that. But that's what I'm saying, because what they've now done is they've basically anointed him as the man that runs the done. BBC. Yeah. He's the guy that runs it. You know, who now is going to stand up to Gary Lineker yeah. if he says, do you know what, I quite fancy hosting Panorama. Yeah. They'll probably fucking give him the show. Well, yeah, but it's, you know, as I say, I mean, the joke is, of course, BBC isn't impartial at all, but its commitment to try to be impartial. No, it's run by the Tories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fuck that. Yeah, right. Shit. Of course yeah, it is. right. Whoever said yeah. that. But its commitment to try to be impartial is important to it. It's important to the, it's the contract it has with the British people. Yeah. And also, by, Tim Davy thinks it's difficult to be impartial. Well, guess what, Timmy? It fucking isn't actually. I mean, fucking Tim Davy is he the worst? Director General the BBC has ever had. And I say that against very stiff yeah. opposition. Well, he came they're in. Us- they're usually yeah. fucking hopelessly yeah. useless. But he's a fucking catastrophe. He's a c- absolutely, absolutely ocean going. But this is useless. the guy that came in claiming that he was going to fix all this. That he was going to sort out the Gary Lineker problem. Because yeah. let's face it, it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. And nobody fixed it. They just let it run yeah. and run and run. And it became like a gaping sore yeah, yeah. on the BBC. And now he's basically eaten them. 
that yeah. he now runs the BBC. It's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah, people like Emily Maitlis, John Sopel, no doubt, and uh, I don't like to go to their support, but I'm going to. Uh, they must be furious. They left the BBC yeah. because they kept getting in trouble for saying what they think or trying not to, but sort of crossing the line. And in the end, uh, respect to them. They said, well, we can't work for this organisation because we... I'm sorry. Want... I'm sorry. I draw the line. Oh, all right, sorry. So uh, fuck off. I don't know what you've eaten. Couple of cunts. I don't know what you've eaten. I don't know what you've eaten on the way down. A couple here, of cunts. I'm not fucking no, saying no, no, that. No, no, no. I mean, seriously, they they they, they realised they couldn't state their political opinions. They wanted to, and as a result of that, they left. So why doesn't Gary Lineker have to fucking? Well, leave? do you know what I think? I actually think he was hoping they were going to fire him. Of course. So. Because if they'd fired him, he'd have been a martyr. Uh, he could have gone to any number of other places. I said he's it on already day got one. BT yeah. Sport. He could have gone. Well, I think he's after the fucking prize, the big prize, which is America. So I think he might end up hoping to go to Sky, which is now owned by NBC, who have the rights to the football, the Premier League football in America. That's where the real money is. I think that's well, where I mean, money, but it's a shit league. I mean, it always will be a shit league. No, I'm talking about the Premier League rights. Yeah. Well, uh, well, over there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I Premier League is yeah, big yeah, gotcha, gotcha, in America. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Don't absolutely. forget. So yeah, I'm not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, fucking shitty you. American yeah, league. Agree with you, agree but the Premier League rights are owned by NBC. Yeah. Or at least they were until, if they've changed, I, I, I risk my case. But I'm pretty sure they still have them. I, and they do very well. They make a lot of money. And so they would pay Lineker a fuckload more money. We're talking 20, oh, 30 I million don't a think, year. I don't, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, And I'm sure he'd take another job. I mean, if you want to watch, if you're a football fan, Sky's the place to go anyway. Right. Not the fucking But they're NBC. owned by NBC, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, but so if he went there, there's your yeah, entry point. Well, that's, if you really want to present proper football, you go to Sky. Yeah. You don't fuck around on the BBC, which gives you half an hour of highlights yes. on a Saturday night. Keep going about, oh, the match of the day is the jewel in, it really in, in the BBC's crown. No, it's fucking not. It's a piece of shit at 11pm on a Saturday night. doesn't get a particularly big audience. And it's just edited highlights. It's, like, it's fuck all. The real football is on Sky. But what I think about Lineker right from day one, and I think this is still his attitude, if he keeps his £1.35 million a year he'll probably job get more. at the BBC, he won't, he'll be happy. He'll, he, that's great. But if he loses it, he'll be just as happy for the reasons you've just stated. Yeah. Plus, by the way, and this is a fucking scandal, who was, who was wheeled out by the BBC uh, for day in, day out? The other day, he was on about 10 times. You know, going on about Tories and the evil right-wing BBC. Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. Campbell. Uh, in defence of Gary Lineker. Never once did the BBC or fucking Alistair Campbell say, Gary Lineker's company produces my podcast. No. Absolutely fucking corrupt, that mm. is. Well, he's also the same guy. And you can tell where Gary Lineker gets his fucking political yeah. viewpoints from. He's the same guy that said that the cancellation by the BBC of the BBC singers was tantamount to what the Nazis did when they cancelled the arts and culture in Germany in the 1930s. Mm. The difference is, of course, Alistair, that when they cancelled music and fucking orchestras in Nazi Germany, they fucking killed them. They didn't just cancel them, they fucking murdered them. I mean, I find it extraordinary that these lefties can continue to say all this shit without a thought for fucking what what the revelations are. I get all that. This is the other thing, that all those fucking sports fuckwits who walked out in support, uh, I think they're so stupid that they didn't realise, they didn't really work out what this issue was all about. Mm. It isn't about Gary Lineker saying, let's support the migrants. It's about whether or not he's allowed to say that. So they all walked out because yeah. they wanted to go, oh, we care for people. We care for the migrants. I We're say, lovely. I don't That's see, not um, the fucking point, you 
fucking groin strain fuckwits. I don't think Alan Shearer really is the sort of man on the picket line defending the rights of, um, you know, people coming to this country from other lands. Do yeah. you? No. Somehow. No. Look, he he, give off that I mean, by the way, Tim, da- Tim Davey, it's just typical BBC. Gary Lineker is the best sports broadcaster yeah. in the world. Is he bollocks? Fucking bollocks. Is he fucking Rubbish. bollocks? Yeah. I mean, he's all right. He's competent. He's okay. Quite, yeah, but, but quite as, personal. But as people Best pointed in the out, world, as, I don't think so. But as people so. pointed out, he wasn't always that good when he t- when he came to the BBC. So he actually does owe them. Yeah. They fucking they trained, trained him. him yeah. They trained him. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. he's a lot better. They than stuck he was. with him. No, he's good at his job now. You know, uh, and he knows football. Let's be fair. I'm not saying he's he's not a very competent match of the day. Sub- no, look, uh, he's presenter. a smart guy. But he's like the one-eyed man in the land of the blind, isn't he? Yeah, because yeah. Because it's not that hard to look fucking clever in that situation. Yeah. So I don't. I think all along, Lineker has never really cared whether he kept his job or not. As you quite rightly say, a massive part of him was quite keen on getting fired so he could be a martyr to the left-wing cause uh, and march straight into his next lucrative sports broadcasting job whilst making millions out of his extremely successful podcast company. If he never broadcast or presented another TV show in his life, he'll have millions in the bank. He makes a lot of money elsewhere. Yeah. Well, he's not a daft man, and he's had plenty of money for a very long time. Like a lot of people in his position, he might not have made the kind of millions that footballers make now when he was a footballer, but he has amassed an awful lot of money, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good luck to him. Now, here's another fucking thing that really fucks me off. All the lefties going, he did not say Nazis. Why do you evoke 1930s Germany if you're not evoking the Nazis. If you say 1930s Germany, it means one thing, the Nazis. He directly compared our uh, ethnic minority prime minister and our ethnic minority home secretary to Nazis. And I find a millionaire middle-class white guy doing that to two people from ethnic backgrounds kind of fucking uncomfortable. Mm. I don't know about you. Yeah. Well, it seems a bit inappropriate at the very least. But the trouble is, they're all the same. This Labour lot have now become obsessed. Um, I was talking to an MP today, a Tory MP, and I said, you know, what is it about people who can't stand you to the point of your political opinions that they have to make out that you're an evil, horrible, ghastly person just because you Uh, don't agree with them? uh, You know, and who in their right mind thinks it's a great idea to let any fucker come to this country, regardless of who they are, where they've been, what they've done without knowing who the fuck they are. What's the point yeah, of that? And why is that a good idea? But this political... I mean, it's not political discourse. So the way it goes now, Lineker, the Lineker thing, it's the new Brexit, isn't mm. it? Every fucking issue that comes up, you know, 52% say this, 48% this, and their method of arguing is, you fucking cunt bastard wanker! No, you're the fucking cunt bastard wanker! And that, you know, and you think, oh, well, that's just idiots in the street, you know, on Twitter. No, no, no. As Craig McKinley was telling you, last night in Parliament, as they were voting through the migrants' bill, uh, the, the Liberals and Labour MPs on the left side of the chamber, all shouting at the Tories, you scum! You scum! I mean, fuck me! Me, that's the mother of all parliaments. We've got a problem here with this. We really have, and it ain't going away anytime no. soon because we're now in full Tory derangement syndrome yes. mode, yes. which has been led by the likes of Alistair Campbell. They've got to a point where they've got every fucker going out on the picket line, including these junior doctors, complaining that you know 
you can make more money working in Pret. Well, go and fucking work in Pret then. Absolute bollocks. Don't believe a fucking yeah, we word We make more of it. money serving coffee. We'll yeah. go and do we'll it go then. And Good idea. It. You know, if you don't show like, a bit of fucking I mean, entrepreneurialism. I watched this fucking girl um, being interviewed on the picket line yesterday. She was like, I've only just started my job. And it's amazing how many of these people are like Americans or Australians. Yeah. You know, we're, we're told that we can't recruit yeah. anyone from anywhere else in the world. Well, an awful lot of them who are on the yeah. picket line seem to be fucking foreign. And this woman who was American <laughs> said, you know, oh, I only started work in August and I'm already burned out. Well, let me tell you something, sweetheart. If you're fucking burned out between August and fucking March, maybe you're in the wrong job. Yeah. Maybe you should go and work oh, in fucking Oh, you've got a job and you've got uh, to work hard. Yeah. Oh, dear, you poor little thing. Yeah. Fuck off. I mean, fucking hell. It was like the guy that went, you know, we're working in the ambulance uh, business and sometimes, you know, we have to see people dying. You go, well, yeah. that's kind of the business you're in. You put people yeah, in the back of an ambulance like because it. they're fucking nearly dead. Yeah. If they're dead by the time you get there, that's not fucking surprising, yeah. is it? Yeah, <laughs> if you don't fucking like I'll it. I'll tell you what, it'd be more surprising if you put somebody in there who fucking died <laughs> and then came back to fucking yeah. life. That would be more yeah. interesting yeah. than saying, fuck me, I put a guy in there, he'd been in a car crash, he wasn't very well, in fact, one of his arms had come off, and by the time we got him to the hospital Cunt. and waited eight fucking hours to get him into yeah. the AD, he was fucking dead. Yeah, if they don't fucking like it, why don't they go and work in Starbucks with all the underpaid doctors? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor will see you now. Is that a, is that a, <laughs> Double is that espresso, a, is that a please. flat white? <laughs> Do you know what we should talk about is old Mystic Meg, because you've got a good story for oh, us yeah. that we remembered to tell about our friend Wendy Henry. Well, yeah, Mystic Meg, the very, very famous astrologer who died last um, week. Who uh, actually was Mystic Meg, wasn't she? I mean, she actually did predict a lot of shit that happened. Well, she was good at her job, yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, that was the... That was the, the they never do, made. though, fucking astrologers, is it? They basically go, something will happen that will interrupt your plans, but stay well, no, strong did she not predict and stick to your she, commitment. You know, well, it's like, what's that the fucking thing about, mean? The thing about horoscopes that I always say is that I used to know a guy who had my exact same birthday, um, not the same year, but he couldn't have found somebody more fucking completely different to me than right. this guy. And I'm like, well, hang on, we're both reading the same fucking horoscope. How does that work? Oh, I see what you Do mean. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. He was a completely different bloke to me. And I thought, this is bollocks. It's got to be bollocks. Well, you, you know... Um, you know, Sagittarians uh, are cynical, shallow, and not to be relied upon, and uh, completely self-obsessed. I'm a Sagittarian, so uh, sometimes that it does sort of work. <laughs> um, but anyway, Mystic Meg was a sub-editor on Sunday Magazine, which used to be the magazine that came in the middle of the news of the world. Uh, Wendy Henry, my friend, who went on to be and yours, uh, of course, Mike who went on to become yes. uh, editor of the News of the World and then the Sunday People. Uh, before that, on her rise to the top, if you like, she was made... She used to be a deputy editor of The Sun. Uh, I used to work for her then. That's when I became friends with her. Uh, arguably the best journalist I ever met in my life. Uh, stunning journalist. Always right. Uh, the, only, the only person Kelvin McKenzie ever deferred to. Yeah. And quite rightly so. Yeah. It's a great news. Sense. And she was fired, wasn't she, from oh, the yeah, Sunday yeah, yeah, People, yeah. was it? No, no, I'll, I'll come on to that. Come on to that, because that was a great headline yeah, that she yeah, wrote. Yeah, yeah, the royal we, the royal we, yeah. But anyway, so uh, on her rise to the top, uh, she was made editor of Sunday Magazine, which was, the, as I said... I used to work for the them. Su the supplement. Yeah, I did a few stories for them. They uh, used and, to love a true crime uh, Yeah, piece. all that shit, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, they... Uh, they're... Their astrologer, whoever the fuck it was, Rip Van Winkle or something, um, 
that was that came to the end of his contract. And those astrologers, uh, horoscope, they charge a fucking lot of money, a fucking lot of money. So Wendy had a sort of like limited budget, and this guy wanted like half a million quid a year. And uh, she said, well, I just, you know, I just can't afford it. And then she got to thinking, think, well, fuck, I'd pay some cunt half a million quid a year. You know, it's just, it's just, it's, I'll, get, I'll, I'll get anyone to do it. So she looked around the office and uh, Meg was there. And, and she always had this reputation for being interested in tarot cards and shit like that. So Wendy goes over and says, hey, Meg, Meg, uh, how about... Um, you become our uh, stargazer for Sunday magazine. And so May said, oh, you know, I'm interested in it, but I'm a fucking journalist, not doing that because crap. Because didn't, didn't they say in the obits and everything, and I, and I spoke to, to Mike Ridley about yeah, it. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. I mean, didn't they say that she had this kind of interest in it, though? Oh, yeah, she yeah, was, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Did, and she had this, like, stepmother or something who was well, like she, a yeah, Romany yeah, yeah, that's why, that's why, teller. Yeah, I mean, she, she was interested in it, and that's why Wendy asked her, but she didn't want to do it. Because she saw herself as a proper journalist, right. layout uh, queen and everything. But she was a big noise on Sunday yeah. magazine. And um, Wendy said, you know, Wendy's like, oh, go on, babes, come on. Mm. You know, and obviously she, she chucked, in those days, she chucked her a couple of hundred quid a week for it. Yeah. Above Still her, cheaper than above her. Other cheaper? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> astro- you know, astronomically funny. cheaper. Because back in the day at the Mirror, I think this happened. Mm. Um, he might have started on the Express because he started on the Express. There was a guy called Jonathan Kaner who yeah, I think yeah, his yeah, son yeah. now does it. Yeah. But he basically did a deal with the Express because the Express never had any fucking money. He used to be on the Mirror like, as well, didn't he? Yeah, but he came to the Mirror next. But the first, he started with this phone because the phone business was where he made all the fucking money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was paid hardly any money at all by the paper. But he had all these numbers that you'd ring yeah. if you wanted to know yeah. what your horoscope was that day. And he made a fucking fortune. Yeah, I know. Because so many people rang the number. They also syndicate all over the world. Yeah. So, you know, literally fucking Philippines and the Solomon Islands and things like that. So these guys literally make millions a year. Yeah. So Meg was doing it on the Sunday magazine for 200 quid a on week. On the cheap. She used to do it in 20 minutes on a Tuesday <laughs> sort of thing. And because and, um, she was a good writer, you know. And, of course... It did got, she just make it up then? Well, yeah, no, she did it. I'm sure she did it honourably. Yeah, she did it. Like, you, I mean, you know, I don't know how they do this shit, right. but, but you know, she would have taken it seriously. I know she took it seriously. So anyway, but it got, her column got spotted, you know, and then so I think the Sun said, "Oh, why can't we have it?" And then all these other papers around the world. Anyway, she uh, went on to, you know, she soon stopped being a sub on Sunday. Yeah, she went on to literally become the world's most successful astrologer. Mm. Uh, was making millions. Every fucking year. Uh, so, you know, that's the story. A good spot by Wendy. When, when I was on The Sun, of course, there was the famous story of the uh, of our horoscope guy, Justin Topa. Oh, yeah. And Justin Topa. I remember he, him. He used to do his... Uh, hey, fucking cunt he was. He used to do, <laughs> he used to do his fucking astrology oh, column. Justin. No, no, he lived in bloody Barbados in a that's fucking right. great mansion yes. on the beach. Yes, I remember that. So he used to file from there. And uh, Kelvin, <laughs> Kelvin McKenzie, the then editor, he fucking hell, why are we paying this cunt half a million quid a fucking year? Get rid of him, I want someone cheaper. Anyway, I wrote, him, uh, wrote Justin a letter saying, Dear Justin, as you will already know, I am terminating your contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, talking of Sunday Magazine, my, my one sort of rough, rough 
period was when I did a piece. They said, look, we need to do a piece on plastic surgery. And you need to find somebody who's going to fucking have loads of plastic surgery. So I can't, you know how my kids sometimes ask me these questions. How do you find these people? I don't even know. I can't remember. But I found this woman who lived in Long Island who was about 40-something, uh, this yeah. young fucking lover. I don't even know how I found her. But anyway, she'd had everything done. The tits done, you know, she'd had a fucking, you know, bum lift. She'd had her ears done. She had her ears with like, her earlobes so were really, because she'd worn these really, really big earrings for ages. Her earlobes were really long. She'd had those short, she had her nose done. Anyway, I had to sort of befriend her and this rather unlikely young boyfriend that she had. And they lived in somewhere like Long Island City, right. you know. And um, I fucking spent a, quite a lot of time persuading them to do the piece. I ended up getting them to do well, pictures. What's the story that she was plastic she, surgery? Kid. Well, they wanted a story that said, you know, that basically she was addicted to plastic okay, surgery. Okay, right, got it. And she kept saying, you know, well, it's not that I'm addicted. And I'm going, you fucking are, yeah, darling, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah. You know, and, and then she had her boobs done again and insisted on it. It was one thing that I, I saw that I've never forgotten, that I wish I'd never seen, Ooh. which was when she showed them to me, sort of post-op, and they were all bruised and fucking... It was oh. horrible. I was going, oh, my God. You know. Can, um, you could hardly bring yourself to squeeze them. I, I really couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, I've never, I've never gave forgot. it the best shot. <laughs> never a bit bruised, it. but not too never, bad. Never forgotten it. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, horrendous what they do. They take the nipples off, put them back on. I mean, anyway. So she said that her final thing to me was, you know, the thing is, Mike. You know, we've become really good friends, and um, all I don't want to see is is uh, something like you know, slave to the scalpel. You know, I just wouldn't want to see right? that. And that was the fucking course, headline. Course was, and of yeah. course, I then had to go into fucking hiding because yeah, yeah. they fucking found out about it. Um, I wouldn't stop she, calling me. I had to fucking disappear for all because they were like, they were really pissed off, really unhappy. Fucker. And there was fucking, fucking, you know, page one, big picture, slaves to the scalp. Tough scalpel. shit. I <laughs> tough mean, shit. <laughs> <laughs> talking, to, talking to Sunday magazine, yeah. uh, I think I might have told you this story when, when I first Nick got... Nick Ferrari edited it for a while, didn't he? Mm, he did. Yeah, because I used to work for him. For a nanosecond, yeah, yeah. Um, what are you? Have you got something against Nick Ferrari? Hmm? Where you said that? No, not at all. Okay, no, just checking because he, yeah, that was shortly before. Well, this, he was in charge of for quite a long that time. That was shortly before. Well, no, because I was around then. He didn't do it for long because he, he was then. Uh, I was working at the Sun, and he was uh, transported to uh, uh, New York to yeah. Fox. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and well, the, that was when I worked for him. The, the rest of that is history. We won't tell that story. Um, but anyway, when I was, uh, I first got to LA, and Sue Carroll. Um, was editing Sunday yeah. magazine, and uh, she, I, I found out. I said Sybil Shepherd was big in Moonlight. Yes. And, all that. and I phoned Sue up. And said, "Oh, this is fucking barman, uh, you know, over in the valley, and he used to be married to Sybil Shepherd." Uh, so I thought, you know, so I said, if you "Give me some cash, I, you know, I'll, I'll go and see if I can buy a match." Oh, great! Yeah, that'd be great. Look, yeah. So basically, she said, um, uh, offer, offer him uh, $5,000, but go up to ten. Um, so, you know, in the time-honored fashion, I didn't bother with the five. Um, so I went to the bar, and he was at the bar, a nice guy. And uh, I sat at the bar, and I said, Bob, somewhere else, hey, Bob, you know. I'm actually from a magazine in London called Sunday Magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you used to be married to Sybil. He goes, yeah, yeah. And basically, I'm here to, uh, off, you know, to um, see if you'd be prepared to tell your story. He said, what story? I go, well, you know, the story of your marriage to Sybil Shepherd. 
He's on, you know, man, Kevin, it's great to see you here. Let me get you a drink. I couldn't do that. I could not do that. Well, I'm not pretending we didn't break up uh, in a really nasty way, but I don't want, I couldn't do that. I just could not do that. I said, well, we are prepared to uh, offer you some money. He goes, okay, well, I still couldn't do it. I said, well, we are prepared to offer you $10,000. And he goes, $10,000! Signed on the dotted line. He signed on the dotted line about four minutes later. Absolutely fucking hilarious. Anyway, um, I think we've come to the end, have we? Um, Should we give suitable choices another uh, another heads up? Because uh, they are, of course, the premier mortgage broker. That is all we need to know. Uh, let me find it. Dave there. Johnson? Is that yeah, it Dave is Dave Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Dave Johnson. Um, and we'll give you... We're not going to do all the executive producers. We'll do those somewhere okay. else. But we've got Dave Johnson here. Um, suitablechoices.co.uk. When you put your details in, uh, and this is basically a mortgage brokerage company based in Margate. They specialise in all types of mortgages, including equity release. Um, put in the reference police, and you get to use all of our services for free. Thanks to Dave Johnson and the team at Suitable Choices. That's Excellent. Not that's very good. good man, Dave. We will see you guys next week and uh, we'll do some Patreon action, I guess, mm-hmm. as well. So if you haven't seen that yet, uh, we do the rugby on Patreon. We do the rugby on Patreon. So go there and find it. 53 fucking 10. Yeah, 53 10. It was a 10. slaughter. It was an absolute butchering. Butchering. But Kev's now an expert on rugby because that's what we're going to talk about. You're going to talk us through why they well, did. I spent win. a lot of reading, you know. No, I know I, you I did. Read up about we're going it. to talk. You're going to get you to talk, to talk us through I how think, they I lost. I was proved to be right. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>